Let's get together, talk about the movies that we saw this week. We'll have discussions, talk film news, we'll laugh a lot and act like geeks. Sometimes we'll have a guest or two, sometimes it's just the two of us. Let's crack some jokes and tell some folks to come along and hang with us! Mike and Mike go to the movies. Mike and Mike go to the movies. Yeah! You have chosen wisely. All right, it's time once again to talk about the Roxy Theater, the indie theater near my house in Missoula, Montana. It's Mike and Mike go to the movies. Uh, I'm Mike Smith, and joining me, as always, is a man who has mysteriously inherited a castle in Italy, something that has never gone wrong for anybody. I'm Mike Decrescio. How you doing today, Mike? Uh, I'm doing great, recording from my uh, palatial villa here in Italy. Uh, it's it's a wonderful treat. How are you, Mike? It is. I'm good. I'm doing good, uh, especially because joining us this week is uh, one of Missoula's horror hostesses, uh, local comedian, Charlie McCorn. Hi, Mikey. Mikes, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah. I almost said Michaels, but I thought that might have been too formal. I'm sorry. I, I, I caught myself halfway. I wasn't just yes. like lost in my thoughts there for a second. I mean, this is a very formal podcast. So as formal as you want to make it uh, is. I mean, that is why I'm wearing an evening dress. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Charlie, how you been? I mean, you uh, you are a comedian here in Missoula uh, and uh, I've seen you perform a couple of times. I actually just saw you open up for uh, Kyle Canane a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah, that was a great show. That was a real that was a real out of nowhere dream come true kind of show. Yeah, that, that, that came together so quickly, too. Like, I, I didn't hear about, because I, you know, I'm fairly, like, you know, ears to the ground. Like, I kind of know what's going on in Missoula as best I can. Uh, and this Kyle Canadian show I heard about, like, 24 hours before it actually happened. <laughs> That's basically, I found out I was opening, like, the day before. Like, <laughs> I, was talking, awesome. I was talking to him in the green room. And he, he, had, um, he was doing this tour, and he realized while he was out driving around the country, he's never performed in Wyoming and Montana. And so he figured, like, well, let's let's knock those two out and get all of the states, you know, off off my checklist. Right. And then he ended up doing a show in Bozeman uh, with my friends at Bone Dry Comedy, who who booked me for a couple things before. And then um, the the one in Missoula, which I actually had to like cancel a vacation to come back early to do. Like I was I mean, in Helena, <laughs> I was at Pride. I was doing Jello shots. I was like, this is my weekend. Like. <laughs> No, I got to come back early. I got to oh, head man. back early. Yeah, once in a lifetime, Kyle Canadian opener. That's good. That's awesome. That's, yeah, you play a lot of shows around here, but you also work with uh, the Roxy Theater. You're one of the employees there. That is true. Uh, I've been working at the Roxy uh, not since it reopened, but almost since it reopened. Um, I was doing comedy there one night, and I found out they needed a janitor, which was good because I wanted to get a customer service. <laughs> so I started cleaning the, the the Roxy, and then that sort of evolved into me uh, doing concessions, and then just sort of helping produce shows and. Everyone at the Roxy, uh, you were so overeducated and so just dedicated to this religious experience we're trying to give people that we all do a lot of different things, put on a lot of different hats, and uh, I'm uh, really happy to be a part of it. It's one of the coolest places I've ever worked. I feel like uh, I give them a lot of street credit, for one, (laughs) and I feel that they give me a paycheck. So those are the two things I love most about the Roxy. And I get to show crazy movies i get to show like my personal favorite like fucked up movies to to whomever i want <laughs> uh yes and that's kind of why you're here today because uh about it was 2019 and uh, i remember i moved to missoula in 2018 uh and i moved to an apartment that's like around the corner from the roxy and like not knowing anybody in town basically spent all my time at the roxy just went to movies mm-hmm. all the time it was great uh and still continue to do that even though i do still know people in town uh, but but in 2019, you and another employee at the Roxy, Solve, uh, she put on this kind of monthly feature at the Roxy called Trash Talk, where you're doing exactly what you just said. You're showing these weird, obscure horror exploitation movies. Uh, quickly became my favorite feature of the Roxy. You got you guys oh, have ex- you. exposed me to so many like insane movies that I may not have seen otherwise. Uh, as a result, like I watched Halloween three for the first time uh, with you guys. Like I probably oh, excellent. That's yeah. the one I'm trying. I'm a fucking evangelical for that movie. It like rules. that movie it's is so good. great. <laughs> it is better than 99% of the rest of the movies in that franchise. Yes. Other than the first one, I think it is my favorite of the Halloween movies. You Same. Know, wow. It, Same. It, and I got to watch it at Trash Talk first. I got to watch Demons with you guys. Oh uh, yeah. 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 I think uh, my favorite was, uh, was Tammy and the T-Rex. Uh, nothing could have prepared the audience for that. Nothing could have prepared <laughs> anyone for what we went through that night. G- genuinely like a top five, like theatrical experience. I think for me is like watching Tammy and the T-Rex with a sold out crowd <laughs> and just mm-hmm. like having people experience that movie for the first time. Like I bought the 4k from a uh, vinegar syndrome, like a couple mm-hmm. weeks after that, that screening happened because I was just like, I need to see this again. Like this is wild. And that was like the last trash talk you guys did ever- before everything shut down. Right. That's right. We did a couple of like online, like watch along things. We watched like killer clowns from outer space uh, with our sponsor, uh, Amy from Frame of Mind. And we did uh, Tremors, just sort of a watch along thing. 
And then we planned a couple of outdoor ones, but as, as established, like they all got rained out. Right. So we're super, we're super <laughs> glad to be back. Um, I'm, I'm feeling good to be able to, to bring, to bring the madness back to the masses. Right. Yeah. So the rocks are reopened back in June and they kind of been slowly reacclimating to getting all their features back together. Trash talk returned this past weekend. Uh, Let me just say it was our it, that was the first thing that they booked for the Roxy, like for the official really? return, wow. like of all of our special, of all of our series that we have at the Roxy uh, trash talk. Thanks partially to Solvay and I uh, sort of campaigning for it. Sure. Got Castle Freak booked like immediately. That is that's awesome. amazing. That's that's so cool. But I also I also think Trash Talk like it is the one that has like the most consistent like audience. Like I feel like these are the people who like show up every month. Like you go to like there's other features like Essential Cinema or whatever, a movie cult, and like I've gone to a lot of those too. Um, but Trash Talk, I feel like I see the same people at every movie. You know, it it is it's the, it's the the just the group same group of cinematic trash pandas from across the city of many shoulders <laughs> all uniting to just dig through the the trash and just see see something amazing for the first time. So yeah, so Trash Talk is back. You guys showed Castle Freak uh, this past weekend, and we're going to talk about that movie uh, in a lot more depth in a little bit uh, later on in the podcast. Uh, but really, the reason you're here is to promote uh, kind of the thing that's been in the works for a long time. I remember you guys talking about this early 2020, maybe late 2019 even. You guys were like kind of putting the... Uh, uh, how, how long has this been in development, the Camp Horror Film Festival? So, so Camp Horror Film Festival, uh, we... I believe did the official announcement in February, 2020 hilariously, (laughs) just, just amazing timing on our part. And we were planning on originally doing like an 18 month sort of like build to the festival, but then we realized, well, screw it. Uh, let's just do like it and we'll do it in, uh, in July of 2020. And then 2020 happened. And so we didn't. (laughs) And so now, uh, the Rocky's back and we hit the ground running. We're we're doing three days of of horror, gore, and schmores. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) So the camp horror film festival, like what was the, uh, the idea behind this? I mean, really like getting into it, like you guys wanted to bring together this like big movie slash comedy slash, you know, everything else kind of deal. Like it's, it's sort of built as if it's like the summer camp of horror movies in Missoula. That's kind of what we're, we're going for. Uh, I will say full credit, of course, to my, uh, to my lovely and wonderful uh, trash talk co-host Solvay. This is, this is her baby. She, uh, she and I really bonded over our, our just sort of shared love of horror. Like we, uh, we bonded and then we quickly became like really, really close friends. Uh, we've only known each other, I think since, like 2018, 2019, but we've just suddenly just became so focused in each other's lives. And uh, Solvay uh, is a fantastic artist and has just a great eye for design. And um, her outside the box thinking, I think, really came together because I like the idea of, you know, themed festivals. I like the idea of it not just being like, yeah, we're going to show all these movies, but also we're going to have a, we're going to have a, a s'more roast. We're going to have a, a campy uh, sort of comedy show. We're going to show some classic camp horror films and we're going to just sort of play around with it. And it's it's just been so fun to see the this sort of skeleton have the meat added onto it as this thing sort of expands and becomes a, a real thing. Right. So you guys you guys had to unveil a lot of the uh, attractions for Camp Horror Film Festival uh, when we went to go see Castle Freak. Uh, you guys showed a few trailers from movies that are going to be at the festival. Uh, you guys had your own like teaser that you guys made for the festival, which was very funny. Uh, you guys sat in a lot of cakes in the teaser. We sure did. <laughs> I, I We ruined three 90s and one pair of underwear sitting in those cakes. And wow. a lot of cakes. You ruined those cakes, too. <laughs> Solvay was up late baking all of the, She baked all those cakes. That's her dedication. Like She baked all of those cakes. She dedicated. She decorated each one of them. Just so Im- immaculately, just for just for us to put on like nighties and sit on them on camera. <laughs> <laughs> it's true dedication to the craft. It's incredible. That's uh, amazing. And before the movie, you guys showed uh, trailers for uh, Friday the Thirteenth, which is actually mm-hmm. like a pre-hype party to the festival. You're showing Friday the Thirteenth on Friday the Thirteenth. Absolutely. Ooh. How can, how can you not? Now, yes. I I will say I'm very happy we're showing it. It's not the Friday the Thirteenth that I would have gone with personally, but I understand. <laughs> what would be your pick? I would say, like, okay, maybe stay tuned for a future trash talk on here. That fifth one, where it's spoiler alert, not Jason, but the ambulance driver dressed as Jason. <laughs> like that one, uh, part six, which I think is like my favorite because it's the funniest. Be good with a, a great crowd. Sure. Or, or that fourth one, uh, I think is the platonic ideal Friday the Thirteenth film. But the first one, it's it's classic. I'm not complaining. Sure, I'm so yeah. happy to be to be showing it. I'll be introducing the movie. We'll be raffling off some cool prizes at it as well. And sort of like the movie that sort of started like the idea of like the campground horror, like that really at least put it into into the masses. Like 
Right. Obviously, Australia had been doing a lot of stuff with their 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 super scary national parks uh, and camping for for you know a better part of the seventies with the exploitation. But but this really sort of brought it to the mainstream audiences, and you know so many other films sort of copied that, and it's almost cliche at this point. So it's really fun to sort of go back to where it started and hype up uh, our festival with it. Nice. Yeah, that's a great idea. So Friday the 13th, that's happening on Friday the 13th. And then about two weeks later, the 26th through the 28th of August, the Camp Horror Film Festival is underway. Uh, and the two trailers you showed before uh, Castle Freak were Sleepaway Camp, uh, which I have seen. And I'm very excited to uh, watch that with the crowd, especially for a crowd that doesn't know the twist at the end of Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. I can't imagine what that's like in a crowd. That's so <laughs> scary to me. <laughs> That's why, so I'm going to be introducing that movie. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I think sure. depending on how well you know either me or that movie, it's really funny, but I'm going to be there. So <laughs> actually, I booked that one. I was like, well, if we're going to do a camp one, we have to show that, but maybe we should just, at the very end, have a talk back if people want, just to, just just to show how, just in case, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, talk, just, talk through maybe some of the problematic elements. <laughs> it was Let's a different, those 20 It seconds. was a different time, but <laughs> it's me, a trans, telling you that it's okay. Spoiler, sorry. But <laughs> um, yes, Sleepaway Camp, which I'm excited to introduce. And then Dr. Butcher, MD, uh, an Italian film. This is a re-edit of the Italian film Zombie Holocaust. Right. Jesus and Christ. And this is going to be on uh, just glorious 35 millimeter. Like, it's going to be grainier than a Quaker's breakfast. It's going to be astounding. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I, I've never seen Dr. Butcher MD, and I'm very excited. Like, just watching the trailer, I was like, that looks insane. Like, just seeing that, like, those images and, like, that, like everything going on in there uh, looks bananas. I can't wait to watch that in 35 millimeter, which it's been, you know, a year and a half since I've seen anything on 35 millimeters. So I, I would love for Dr. Butcher to be the first one. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We're all, all, a lot of us are getting back into, like, our first movie back. Mine was uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw. Maybe not a good the choice. best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just want to say... Certainly like the sixth best Saw movie. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say, I want to I just take a quick moment to thank Pfizer for keeping my unbroken streak of seeing Saw movies in the theater alive. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, and I think 35 is going to be, I think, you know, for a lot of film purists, like I, I, you know, I've been working in theaters you know, almost forever. I you know, started as a 35 millimeter projector uh, in the old Rialto, Deer Lo- uh, Rialto Theater in Deer Lodge. Oh, wow. And I don't want to be like a super like snobby film nerd. But it just is, it's better. Like it, it's the actual <laughs> illusion of movement that we're creating an illusion. It's not digital. It's the actual stop motion, you know, frames per second that creates that, that magical illusion, that, that thing that has been the movies for the most of its time. And uh, I'm an old grognard maybe, but let's, <laughs> let's keep 35 alive, everybody. Absolutely. So thanks, thanks to, uh, I will say, uh, the AGFA, the American Genre Film Archive, from whom we've been getting all of our 35 millimeter prints for Trash Talk. And as well as great restorations of stuff um, like this uh, Castle Freak, which we watched this last week or whenever it was in relation to when you're listening to this. Yes, I feel like uh, over the last few years, I really developed an appreciation for 35 millimeter, partially because, I mean, the the Roxy got one like right after I moved here, uh, Mm -hmm. which was great. Uh, But before I moved here, I lived in New York and uh, I lived near an Alamo draft house. Um, oh sure, re- relatively near an Alamo Draft House, and so they would do these horror marathons every once in a while. We're just like they would like five movies in a row, all in thirty-five millimeter. And uh, there's there's some movies like that. These kind of horror movies, they are best experienced in like the worst possible, like <laughs> you know, with the, crack, with the cracks and the pops and all it's that. It's all kind of red stuff. and everything. Yeah, you know, it's great. When we when we were showing Reanimator on thirty-five millimeter for Trash Talk, uh, twenty nineteen, the sound went out in like the last yeah. five minutes of one of the reels, and it and. <laughs> I was like freaking out. I'm like, this is it. This is the end of it. Like people are going to revolt. But the audience had such a fun time just laughing at what they were seeing. Yes. Just like that shared audience <laughs> experience carried us through to the changeover, which was just a couple of minutes away. Yeah, it was perfect. Uh, so you're showing Sleepaway Camp, Dr. Butcher, MD. Are there any other announcements you can make about uh, Camp Horror Film Festival? We do have, uh, uh, I think we have them finalized, which uh, again, check out uh, the website, which uh, I'm sure we'll plug uh, up and down. But sure. we're going to have a block of short films. Uh, from contemporary filmmakers uh, across uh, across the country, we received so many incredible submissions, and there's so much stuff that I, I wish we had time to show. And hopefully, when we continue doing uh, the second year of this, um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But the short films that we we've watched have been so inventive and have just done so many sort of like cool things. Some of them have just been completely like, "Oh, you're submitting to any film festival, aren't you?" Like, <laughs> like we I, we got one that was just like. It was six minutes long. In the first two minutes, I'm like, this is brilliant. This is amazing. This is going to fit the festival so well. And in the middle two minutes, I'm like, hey, wait a minute. What? And in the last <laughs> minutes, I'm like, oh, experimental film. Right. Shit. Okay. 
probably can't probably can't show this. Um, another thing that I will announce uh, with it here is, um, as you may have seen from our social media, there's going to be a running narrative through the Camp Horror Film Festival. Ooh, I did not as see this. The, as the sack lunch slasher, the uh, mysterious murderer who's been hanging around, around this camp for years, is going to make his presence known throughout the festival. So, okay. <laughs> And you can see the sack lunch slasher uh, at the tail end of the teaser trailer, which will be online uh, right. pretty shortly, I believe. Yes. Okay. I, I do. I, I was wondering what that was. So that makes sense now. That's, that's coming together. <laughs> it makes sense. We created a slasher for the festival. <laughs> that's awesome. That's he perfect. uses tent stakes to stab people. <laughs> I love it. That's great. It's, it's like a, I'm trying to think of the word, like the Pokemon Go esque, like AG reality game, but like, you know, <laughs> with the slasher in the Roxy Theater. I love that. Yeah. Uh, and I'll just shout out to the, the sort of, uh, he's played uh, by the sort of the third part of our, uh, sort of camp directors, uh, John Howard, who's a legendary uh, promoter and comedian here in Missoula. So shout nice. out to John Howard, who's also been an inaugural part, or not inaugural part. Uh, boy, that's the wrong word. And I can't integral? Right one. Integral part of our organization. Thank there you. it is. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah. And so, okay. In addition to the movies, you're also doing comedy stuff. Do you have like a lineup of comedians that are already uh, uh, we ready do. for this? We're going to have uh, a campy horror comedy show with it's handpicked. Um, mostly it's a lot of comedians who come to trash talk uh, a lot of sure. people who I've, you know, definitely spent a lot of like speaking of saw, um, there's gonna be one comedian on the lineup that I've watched the whole saw franchise with at least twice, I think. <laughs> so, so he'll be there. Um, we'll have the great Lenny peppers who is headlining. Uh, she's an incredible expert in the worlds of, of horror and the intersections of a special like race and gender, um, which is gonna be, I think really fascinating. And I think a certain hostess with the mostess will be there. Uh, not Elvira. We get that right. It's not Elvira. <laughs> it's me. I was I was hinting at me, but I forgot that she's the more famous person that calls herself that. So I mean, so, so far, you know, if you yeah, keep so doing far, it. I yeah, I mean, I'm like, I don't know what Elvira has that I don't. I'm like twice the man she is. So <laughs> incredible. So you're gonna have the comedy there. You got you got like a s'mores night going on. Is that part of the comedy or is that just a separate thing? It's a separate thing. We're just going to have just a sort of open s'mores roast out in the Roxy Garden uh, behind the theater. <laughs> We've got camp badges. There's going to be actual like merit badges that you can win for depending on what screenings you come to or what things you compete in. We'll have actual like legit, I think, felt patches we'll be giving out to people. Let's knock on wood on that. I saw Sylvie working on it, but that seems like a lot to do. And she is already doing so much. <laughs> right. Uh, but that's awesome. I mean, you guys you guys really seem like you're committing to the theme of camp horror, uh, which is an awesome thing. And I can see this like growing into a thing that's like getting bigger and bigger every year. That That's our goal. You know, as everyone involved, uh, specifically Solve, myself uh, and, and John, we really sort of bonded at the Roxy as the employees that, that loved horror and wanted to share the horror and trash talk was our avenue to do that. And now this festival... We hope to sort of show a more diverse world of horror and you know show some new voices, show some short films, and show some classics and give them a modern context. And let's yeah, let's have fun while we do it, because this is Missoula. You know, why why wouldn't we? Yes, absolutely. Uh so it's August twenty-sixth through twenty-eighth. Uh and to get tickets, I mean the RoxyTheater.org is you know a good website for it, but also there's a special website for Camp Horror, right? There certainly is. Okay. It is what I'm Googling right now, so I don't get it wrong. <laughs> I want to say it's camphorror.org. I believe it is camphorror.org. Okay. I'm going to double check or else Sylvie will murder me. And not in a fun camp. Well, it is camphorror.org. That is us. Uh, yeah. I knew it the whole time. Right. Yeah, we can edit around this. We won't, but we, we could. <laughs> yeah, uh, you don't need to. No, no, no. We uh, edit around all those terrible things I said earlier, but no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so camphorror.org is the place to go for all kinds of info on the festival. Uh, as far as pricing goes, is there? It's a, is it kind of be like a, you have like a one fixed price for the entire festival or is it like per movie? How's it going to work? Here's how we're going to do it. I think just for this season, just for this first year and just for simplicity's sake, uh, individual passes per movie. So. Sure. Individual tickets will have the one screening, first comes, first serve. Um, but if you are a Roxy member, check your email. I think we might have some special deals coming up. All potentially. Right. Cool, cool, wink, cool. Wink. Keep right. an eye on your email, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, now, Mike, you live in New York. You can't go to the Camp Horror Film Festival unless you come out to visit me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> from August 26th to 28th. How jealous are you that this is happening? I am I am frankly devastated that I live <laughs> in New York right now. <laughs> this sounds amazing, and it's making me really nostalgic for the movie, the marathons Mike and I used to go to all the time. You know, the Hudson Horror Show at that 
rundown five dollar uh, theater, <laughs> which is the best where we saw stuff like this. You know, yeah, uh, shit like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Three Dream Warriors was in the was in the thing. Oh, or, uh, nice. Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker was also yeah. uh, among that. Which uh, if you guys if you guys that's a great trash talk. If you guys haven't like throw that if, throw that into the mix, that would be a great trash talk movie. Just yeah. oh sweet yeah yeah suggestion. I'll, I'll make a note of that. Also yeah. known as Night Warning. It's uh, it's a wild time. <laughs> right. I was thinking about that with the, with the uh, you know, the 35 millimeter stuff we were talking about before, where like just these kind of organic moments that happen uh, during uh, the boogins, uh, right, right as the love scene started, you know, it's this whole thing about these guys trying to get laid. And this guy finally lays down in front of the fireplace with a woman and the, the film melted. Uh, oh. <laughs> it, just, it was the funniest thing. And we were like, is this supposed to happen? Like, it kind of was a joke. Like, it like kind was of the was love perfectly... scene too hot? Like, was that what it was? <laughs> it was amazing. Um, and so so I'm jealous that you're going to have that experience on, on film with a large crowd and watching these uh, garbage horror movies in the best way. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so that's the Camp Horror Film Festival, which, of course, is built out of Trash Talk. That was kind of the beginnings of it all. And so we should talk about the return of Trash Talk, which uh, happened this past weekend. It's time to talk about Stuart Gordon's 1995 movie, Castle Freak. Stuart Gordon, the director of Fortress, The Pit and the Pendulum, and Reanimator, takes you into the dungeons of Castle Dorsino. Now an American family. Welcome to Castle Riley, lady. Will inherit a legacy of evil. They say the castle is and a master of modern horror. Will unleash his most terrifying creation. Stuart Gordon's Castle Free. There's somebody else here! There's somebody in the castle! want you to search the castle. Giorgio Dorsino, he was never buried. She kept him alive. He's here somewhere in the castle. Animators Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton in Stuart Gordon's Castle Freak. Uh, now, Charlie, why was Castle Freak the movie that you wanted to return on? Because it's an obscure one. It's it's it, definitely it an odder one. <laughs> so the official answer is that for the first trash talk back, we wanted to do something a little a little unknown. Like we wanted to sort of test the waters and not show something like huge, especially because. The Roxy was still sort of getting its feet together. We weren't sure what we were able to necessarily get. Sure. So we were sort of said that we had to get something from our friends, the AGFA, the American Genre Film Archive. And Solvay and I were just like scrolling through the titles like alphabetically. And we hit Castle Freak. I'm like, that's the one. Castle Freak, uh, This I'm going to shout out a podcast that's it's still on. It's from like 10 years ago. It's called The Flop House. I'm sure everyone's sort of aware of it. Yep. Um, one of the hosts, Stuart Wellington, loved that movie in the early days of that podcast. He'd recommend it like every episode. He would say, my official recommendation is this movie, Castle Freak. And I I love checking out these obscure movies. I love Stuart Gordon films. I was really big into Charles Band, uh, the producer films, uh, who produced this film at the time. And Castle Freak kind of became from that podcast, like the joke movie with, with me and my friends. And so I hadn't watched it in years. And suddenly I had that this opportunity to sort of like, oh, yes, and... Let's bring an audience along. Let's let's do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I was not mega familiar with Castle Freak. It was on my radar a little bit. 
uh, because there was recently, I think it was in Fangoria last year, there was like a 25th anniversary like retrospective and they interviewed Barbara Crampton and Jeffrey Combs about the movie. And it was like right after Stuart Gordon died. Uh, so they were, you know, talking about Castle Freak and talking about the making of the movie and stuff. So that's how it like kind of first came on my radar. So I was aware of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I saw that you guys were doing it and I was like, ah, this is perfect. This is the perfect time. Uh, Mike D, you had seen Castle Freak. Before. Yes. Yeah, I had actually seen it uh, because on Shudder, they have Last Drive-In with uh, Joe Bob Briggs. And oh, yes. in the first season of that, uh, there was an episode with Castle Freak. Uh, so I watched that back then. I think it was 2019 or something like that when like he returned. Um, so I checked that out again. And, uh, you know, uh, woof a little bit on the Joe Bob segments. Um, kind of <laughs> kind of running, <laughs> running its course on the whole like edgy hillbilly thing that he's got going. Um, yeah, f- fucking tell me about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. My personal hero, I own all of his books. Yeah. I wouldn't be who I was without Monster Vision, but it's sometimes tough to just sit down and be like, well, let's let's see what you have to say now. Let's- Especially the Castle Freak episode. I don't know if you've watched that recently. Um, I don't think I did. It's some of the worst of that stuff, mm. uh, and it wasn't fun, and I... Now that I'm thinking about it, sort of do my own personal trash talk thing where I just uh, kidnap my friends that are in a Discord server with me. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to pick a movie. So this past nice. weekend, I picked uh, Castle Freak at noon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we were perfect it. time to watch Castle Freak. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so we were watching that version and it was a lot of just like, so this is a thing you like, huh? And I was like, no, it's not. I promise. I promise it's not. Um, <laughs> So if you, you know, a heads up to anybody that watches that version, uh, just skip the Joe Bob segments. It's available on Shutter on its own, but that version looks like a VHS rip. Like it's in 4.3 and it has a real, it's really bad quality, which maybe will help, you know, be part of the aesthetic of Castle <laughs> Right. Uh, but yeah, you can watch it in full HD on the Joe Bob stuff. Uh, just skip past the Joe Bob stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so I had never seen this before. Charlie, this is a movie that uh, you had. It was kind of a favorite a while back. How, how do you think it holds up watching it all these years later? I think that it, it, like a lot of Stuart Gordon movies, I think it's going to really stand the test of time because it just really goes for it. Uh, what yeah. I love about Stuart Gordon as a director was uh, at his sort of peak, at his prime, he was just going for it. He was trying to make people angry. He was. There's a famous story about him that when he was in college, he, he produced this stage production of Peter Pan that was critical to the Vietnam War. <laughs> and, he, and he and I think his girlfriend at the time were arrested on obscenity charges because of it. Really? Amazing. And that, and that sort of aesthetic, I think he really pulls through with his movies. Uh, I think some of the things Castle Freak, some things have definitely not aged. Uh, some of the things related, I think, to, uh, to ability and disability um, with both um, uh, Giorgio and uh, the daughter character. Some of those sex scenes, as I said before the movie started, were pretty monstrous. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Pretty fucking monstrous. Yeah. I, I mean, involving a sort of monster also. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. A castle freak, if you will. <laughs> a, a titular castle freak. The eponymous <laughs> castle freak, you said. <laughs> I I think it's still, I think from my watch, for something that I, I have seen it in years, it brought back a lot of good memories, which I think uh, is a good, which I think one reason the movies are very good and are, and are important, I think, is that they really can kind of take us back to a different time in our lives and to people that maybe we don't get to see as much anymore. But seeing it like with the crowd, I think was a great experience. Every every trash talk, like I'm just sitting in the back, my anxiety is just like heightened. So I'm like, <laughs> I need them to react. I need them to like enjoy this. I need to know that they're having a good time. And think, like the audience said, the audience was along for that ride. Like it got... Like the movie gets pretty wild, and I think the audience, who was not prepared for it, right, uh, took it sort of the best way that it, that it could. I think the, the first thing where I was like, "Okay, we're okay," is when the castle freak rips his own thumb off yeah. to escape from just like the, the popping sound that they put into that. <laughs> I felt that shudder go through the audience. Yes. Like it was like the wave. Yes, absolutely. This is you know I, I take my girlfriend to these a lot, and uh, she's somebody who's whose taste in these kinds of movies. Uh, is not as extreme as <laughs> as <laughs> as mine or as many other people as the what kind of people who go to trash to that, Yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so I'm I'm always like kind of curious like which one she's going to respond to and which one she doesn't. Uh, like she really enjoyed Tammy and the T Rex. She surprisingly really enjoyed Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Um, oh was, yeah, that was wow. a wild one. I was very drunk when we saw that one. I barely remember it. I got to go see it again. Um, but but when we saw Castle Freak, I came out and uh, you know at one point I looked over at her and she was kind of like turning away from the screen, so I thought she was bored. Uh, but in fact, she was just like squirming because of like the grossness of it. Uh, <laughs> and and she actually really liked Castle Freak. It was a wow. an, an interesting uh, dynamic. But uh, I think what I really like about this movie is it is like you know it's so gross and it's so weird and it really goes for it. 
but like the central story between Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton, and their daughter, it's a, it's a very human, like very earnestly portrayed story of Jeffrey Combs as this alcoholic father who, you know, accidentally killed their child and, you know, blinded their daughter. And he's like sort of trying to make amends or seeking forgiveness, but he's not getting it and all that stuff. This It's like treating it really seriously. And that I think adds to the eccentricity of the everything else in the movie. <laughs> Like, it feels like a stage play. Like, those sections, like, it really feels like it. And again, Barbara Cramden and, and Jeffrey Combs are both incredible, incredibly talented actors. And I, I think that they, they add something, sort of having that established, you know, repartee between the two of them. Um, my favorite thing that I, I picked up in this screen that I either had forgotten or not is that in that sort of, like, in the drama of them fighting, she yells at him, you know, you, you killed our son and you lost your job at the university because you're politically incorrect. <laughs> and... <laughs> I forgot that line. Yeah. And just the way that, that, that she, uh, she delivers it. Um, I've met both of them uh, in, in my life. And I, I, this is the perfect time to tell this story. So I meet Jeffrey Combs. And the first thing I say to him is like, hello, sir. I'm a big fan of your film, Castle Freak. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is what any look, actor wants to hear. <laughs> the look of disappointment on his face. <laughs> the look of disappointment on Herbert West Reanimator's face. <laughs> On Star Trek Deep Space Nine's beloved character actor, Jeffrey Combs' face is right. burnt into me. Like, I close my eyes. I see him just... And Barbara Crampton, I was once on an airplane with, and I spent the whole time working up the nerve to talk, up, talk to her, and then I didn't because I was too afraid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, reasonable, though, in, in the reasonable. presence of Barbara Crampton. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. but both fantastic performers. They, they've, I mean, for decades, they've been putting out great films. I believe there's actually a, a remake slash pseudo-sequel slash soft reboot of Castle Freak which just and came out last year, yeah. Just and came out last year. I have I have not seen it, however. But, uh, but Barbara I. Cramden, I follow her on social media. She's so excited to be back in it. Not, oh, so she, she's in the new one. She's in like the remake I, of it. I believe she is, or she or she's producing it, or or something. Yeah, I think I, I had seen that there was a you know a 2020 version of it when I was kind of looking up details about Castle Freak, but I had no idea Barbara Cramden was actually involved in it in any way. It's kind of cool. I believe she is. I she, you know what? Or else they paid her to tweet about it a lot. And either way, good for you. Get that money, girl. Get yeah, that money. fair enough. Uh, but of course, Barbara Crampton, Jeffrey Combs, Stuart Gordon, they all had worked together on Reanimator. That's kind of like the uh, the dream team you know, of that movie, reuniting for Castle Freak, uh, which is a kind of crazy thing. And I, I am somebody who uh, is less familiar with Stuart Gordon. Like, I'm, I know of him. And uh, I had seen Reanimator. And I know of a few of the other movies in his filmography, but I haven't actually seen a ton of them. I've really just seen now Reanimator, Castle Freak, and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, if that counts. Oh, of course. Uh, of course it does. <laughs> Arguably his greatest body horror uh, film right there. I mean, that's... I was talking to someone about this, like literally, actually he was talking to uh, someone who was at Castle Freak the other night about they had just learned that he had written that, wrote in that screenplay. And I wish I could find a copy of what that version of, of it looked like. His first version of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Like, like the very first draft. Like more exploding kids, probably. Like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's gotta be part of it. Um, yeah, so I, I wasn't like super familiar with Stuart Gordon going into Castle Freak. I'd seen Reanimator, so I kind of had, I knew his whole deal, I mm -hmm. guess, but, uh, I, I was not uh, adequately prepared for how insane this movie goes, I don't think. Uh, and some of the gore effects that, uh, really go into it. And those effects really hold up. Like, they're they, really, really solid. Yeah, they really do. Because it, it, I'm surprised, too, because it is a Charles Band-produced film. It's a full moon feature. Right. And his films, politely, you know, aren't known necessarily for having extensive budgets but he makes do with what he does and Stuart gordon i mean this is all practical effects obviously it's 95 obviously but it's that kind of practical effect that was still hung, held over from the 1980s and it looks good and there's some like flesh ripping and there's um one specific thing getting bitten off that i <laughs> was just like oh we're doing this like oh this is happening <laughs> no like cut away and then cut back to an obviously fake prosthetic it was the prosthetic was there the entire shot and then when the thing gets bit off. It was just that wonderful bit of movie magic that I love. I'm like, oh, the yes. whole time, yeah. we thought that that was just uh, a performer, but actually a performer wearing a squib under a piece of their body. It's <laughs> about to get ripped off with some latex foam. Do you have a favorite moment in Castle Freak? Like a favorite kill, favorite, just like line, whatever you got? Uh, I, I mean, I do like the teenage daughter and her ennui. The scene yeah. <laughs> where she tells mom, like, I believe the line is like, Fuck normal. Like, that's a pretty good <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. I, I felt that in my soul. I think also the scene where Jeffrey Combs' character uh, is really drunk, like his drunk acting is like from a different movie. Like yes, when, yeah. he, when he drinks, he puts himself into like a 1930s screwball comedy, which is <laughs> he's the in like- He's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He's in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, exactly. 
Okay, I love Rick Moranis, but Jeffrey Combs and Honey, I Shrunk oh the God. Kids? Are you kidding that's a, me? That's a very different movie. <laughs> why can't we live in that universe? You know, like why Rick can't Moranis and Castle Freak, Jeffrey Combs and Honey, I <laughs> Shrunk the Kids. Honestly, I'm in. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. John Candy can play the police officer. <laughs> <laughs> it could just be Spaceballs, but with a Castle Freak. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we replaced Joan Rivers with a Castle Freak. Yeah, <laughs> actually, they swap places. It's like a Freaky Friday thing. <laughs> Perfect. Oh man, that's that's what the the new one should have been. It should have been Castle Freaky Friday. I mean, that's <laughs> it's right there. It's right there. <laughs> so when, when they come in like fifteen years to make the next one, we, we've got one. We've got a script. We've got a script. We got, we got one. It's in the chamber. We're ready. <laughs> exactly. M- Mike, what are your favorite uh, moments in Castle Freaky? Anything you wanted to highlight? I think my favorite parts. The parts that we got the biggest reaction out of my non horror movie friends uh, was definitely <laughs> the drunk scene when he's at the bar. With uh, Silvana, I think is the sex worker's name. Sure. Uh, and he's doing the, well, how, how are you kind of voice thing, which is amazing. Um, but I think just every, he's, it's so gothic. Everything about this giant castle with the 150 rooms and everything is covered in sheets. And just kind of the, the whole aesthetic of the castle is the best part uh, for me. It's so much fun to watch Jeffrey Combs kind of. There's that one moment, uh, I think it's, I think it's, after he, uh, Barbara Crampton's found out that he brought this woman home and he's like having this argument in front of the crypt where it's like, it, it was the the picture of his child, but it was Giorgio or whatever. Right. And now it's missing. And now it's gone. And he just sprints up like a hundred stairs. He just sprints all the way to the roof of the <laughs> castle. And it just is a very long montage of him running up staircases. <laughs> you're like, this is wonderful. I could watch this forever. Honestly, <laughs> just nonstop Jeffrey Combs up staircases. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think the imagery that, that stayed with me the most a couple of days after having seen it uh, is the stuff with the cat um, in the, yeah. <laughs> the stuff at the beginning where uh, the daughter is just like, you know, following this cat and she's blind. So she's like kind of just trying to figure out where the cat is and just like going down like dozens of <laughs> stairs into dungeons and, you know, go, going down into the cellars and eventually like the cat goes into the thing and then the castle freak eats the cat and it cuts away from that. So you don't actually see him do it. And it's like, Oh, okay. So it's going to be like an off screen cat death. Uh, and then <laughs> like <laughs> a minute later, just the, the bloodied skinned corpse of the cat <laughs> just yeah. plops down on the ground. Oh, Man, that was a. Uh, it was gross. It was real gross. <laughs> yeah, Cinema. That, that scene where they actually pull, like the like the cat is pulled back into it. Like that, yeah. that cat, that cat actor is not having a very good time. No. Like that is <laughs> that is clearly they just like had a cat because this was Italy. Like they filmed it on location. Charles Band rented an actual castle, right? And so they just, I guess that's whatever cat they had handy that they just pulled backwards through the yeah. through the doggy door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the, I mean, the whole climax of the movie, too, which like the last 20 minutes are basically all screaming. Um, it's, <laughs> it's just Barbara Crampton and the daughter being chased through the castle by the castle freak and always like just continually getting cut off at the wrong moment. Like you think they're safe and then the castle freak like jumps out the window and is in front of them. <laughs> so good. So great. Uh, and then, you know, Jeffrey Combs like comes up there and saves his family and semi redeems himself a little bit and they fall their deaths. Uh, it's great. Hashtag cinema. It's, it's and then that, <laughs> that last shot, especially like where it's the funeral for, for Jeffrey Combs and right. Barbara Crandon's there. The daughter's there and she looks over and there's the police officer and he's holding hands with the son of the sex worker that got murdered. Right. And then everyone like makes eye contact and then the movie ends. It's just <laughs> yeah. like, a like it feels like there should be a sequel. That's just about what happened to these characters. <laughs> there is, there's a, there's an incredibly powerful drama that's starting like, Two minutes later, like start there and (laughs) then make a whole nother movie. Just sort of vaguely mention the bad family stuff. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's that's kind of what I want. I would love to see like a movie that's just the aftermath of a horror movie like Castle Freak. Like if it's a drama about characters in therapy uh, and they're just talking (laughs) about like, you know, the crazy events that happened with the Castle Freak. But like there's no actual horror in the movie in present day. It all happens like before you just watched it. (laughs) Just wrestling with stories. Fails from the Castle Freak. Yes. I really like the scene uh, where I think they're all having breakfast or something. And the mirror, sh- or the castle freak shatters mm. the mirror. And Jeffrey Combs' delivery of the line, well, I guess the wood was warped, um, is like the, <laughs> the best thing ever. Uh, just the, the lengths they'll go to to, to like rationalize what's going yes. on. That was, that was a very like cabin in the woods, like, oh, the wind must have blown it open. Like, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> like it's it's very much like almost like a haunted house picture. Like, it, like, except there's no ghosts. It's so like 
like 1930s like haunted house picture where you're in a house ooh is there a ghost no it's something else right but in this the thing else is is a little bit worse which i think is kind of a neat neat choice for that yeah definitely uh so this wasn't released in like theaters either in the u.s at least right this was a direct-to-video type oh yeah this is a full moon this is a full moon feature (laughs) is is full moon the puppet master that's the one okay Uh, and the evil bong movies (laughs) i I, I used to go every year to the Horror Host Hall of Fame inductions in Cincinnati, and Charles Band was there uh, at, the, the attend, at the convention also. I went to this presentation where he was pitching the Full Moon Features like streaming service, and and just to give an idea of who this Charles Band is, he was offering three free months to whatever woman would show her breasts to the rest of the audience. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and And it's Full Moon Features. There's like three good movies. Like there's <laughs> yeah, a lot right. of unwatchable stuff. Also, I guess Charles band um, involved with that with reanimator. Also Richard band, his brother did the compositions, the music for both films. Okay. Oh. Although we probably don't mention enough that in the reanimator, the reanimator theme from the opening credits is just the psycho theme that he stole and just didn't change. It's just <laughs> a different movie's theme. <laughs> no wonder that's credits is so good. Yeah. But yeah, like full moon features. I, I like, like, that aesthetic, you know, traumas, you know, a lot of the same way, just like these outsiders making these like weird horror movies, trying to turn a quick buck and establish these cult bases. And that's great. More power to him. We need more filmmakers like that. We need more Charles Bands. We need more Lloyd Kaufman's in the world to get away from sort of the corporate homogeny that we're sort of running into right now. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was actually just kind of looking through uh, the Wikipedia page and seeing some of the production behind Castle Freak. And I think my favorite quote in the entire page uh, is uh, Stuart Gordon asking Charles Band about Castle Freak and like being talking about the opportunity to develop it. And Charles Band's like, well, that's a castle and there's a freak. <laughs> 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 and that's your movie right there. I mean, that's, that's $500,000 and send him on his way. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those great titles. Like I think the title Castle Freak, it, it's so evocative, you know? It's like Snakes on a Plane. Like, you don't change that title. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Uh, and this is also, like, partially... It's, like, partially based on an H.P. Lovecraft, or it's, like, inspired by Lovecraft, right? It's inspired by the short story, The Outsider. Okay. Um, and so, you know, Stuart Gordon obviously really uh, loved adapting. Um, he and his partner, Brian Yoon's adapting different, you know, Lovecraft and, and mythos stories over the years. I know I've probably read The Outsider at some point. I couldn't tell you what it's... I couldn't tell you. <laughs> What, if anything, it's about. There may be a castle, there may be a freak, but I, I do not remember. This it's is probably the one, outsider. The one good part about the Joe Bob episode, <laughs> the one part we watched uh, where he described it, and it's it's written from the point of view of uh, the freak, the castle freak, who's this oh. guy living in a castle all alone, never had human contact, finally escapes, goes to the nearby town, uh, and everyone runs from horror from him, and then he sees himself in a mirror, and he is like a deformed castle freak guy. Uh, oh, interesting twist for Stuart Gordon to flip it around and make this, like Mike said, like really he- heavy family drama trauma thing, <laughs> and then also <laughs> a Castle Freak. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be very difficult to make like to really get into the mindset of the Castle Freak in movie form. You yeah, know? like without without voiceover or whatever, or like you know, it's it'd be like uh, you know, weirdly we talked about uh, the book Grendel like uh, not too long ago on this <laughs> yeah. podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, like that's also one that I think would be very difficult to make into a movie because you'd be watching this like horrible creature having these like very deep existential thoughts about his life or what, or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and like maybe it can be done, but I think it'd just be very difficult to like actually capture cinematically, you know. You know, get a voiceover from Ray Liotta. I think there you go. <laughs> we'll make it work. A Ray Liotta Castle Freak. Would rule. That would actually be incredible. He's slowly <laughs> turning into one, like day by day. So yes. I think it'd be just perfect for him. Like, what's Ray Liotta doing? He, he Ray, could work with Charles Band. Ray Liotta as the castle freak. Rick Moranis as the, as the <laughs> father. John Candy as the policeman. I mean, we got a movie here. This is great. But yeah, any other thoughts about Castle Freak? Anything else you wanted to throw out there, Charlie? Any any like final threads about this movie? That like it, thoughts about Castle Freak? You need to get out there into the world to make sure the people know about this movie. <laughs> I think that it could be a very, inter- like one thing I like about this movie, it could be a very interesting sort of first step into the world of Italian horror films. This yeah. is obviously filmed in Italy, but watching it uh, with a larger understanding now of like the, the genre of giallo and sort of the films that came from that time period. This has a lot of DNA with like the old Argento stuff, uh, the Lucio Fulci stuff. Like it's all sort of tied into there. So if you're looking for your first sort of step, this is a good like kind of like um, training wheels movie. Like if you can watch yeah. this, and I mean, a lot of other of those movies are as gory or maybe more gory than this. It's a good place to start. Um, and I think that it's part of a fine tradition of crazy shit filmed in Italy. So <laughs> yeah. back to Bicycle Thieves, I'll say. Bicycle Thieves to Castle Freak. 
a a lineage of excellence for for the Italians. Way to that's, way to go, team. That sounds like a great book. You should write that book. <laughs> Bicycle Thieves <laughs> to Castle Freak: The Lineage of Italian Cinema. It's perfect. Give me. You know what? All the PhD programs said no to me. Now they'll regret it. Now <laughs> they'll <right>. regret it. <laughs> uh, amazing, uh, Mike D. Any thoughts about Castle Freak that uh, you want to get out there? Um, I think this is a really, you know, I'm sort of in the same camp as you, Mike, where I'm sort of like culturally aware of the uh, Stuart Garden oeuvre. Uh, I've seen Reanimator, but I think there's a certain expectation when you hear Barbara Crampton, Jeffrey Combs, and Stuart Gordon to be this kind of Reanimator wacky part slapstick horror thing. Uh, and this is like decidedly not that. Um, <laughs> so I think it, it's interesting to watch it in comparison to at least Reanimator. I would, I'm definitely more interested in checking out, putting in the effort to go through more Stuart Gordon movies uh, to see how this, if this is as much an outlier as I think mm-hmm. it might be. So yeah, that's that's kind of it. I hope I hope people, like you, Charlie said, kind of inspires people to dive in. I'm a big Giallo guy also, and I sort of didn't even make that connection. Um, so yeah, that, that kind of American production in Italy is a good bridge uh, yeah, towards getting into full yeah, Italy it stuff. Ha- it has that Italian flavoring, but it's in English. Yeah. It's, you know, pretty easy plot to follow. It's, you know, you kind of get into it with the drama stuff. I mean, it, uh, it works. Yeah, I, uh, I'm less into Giallo than you are, Mike. I, I would like to like dive more into that, uh, but I think Castle Freak is a good like introductory film. I think if you watch like Castle Freak and then like jump into Suspiria, you know, that could right. work. That could be something. Uh, I would I'd recommend uh, for a good next stop for like your Stuart Gordon, check out From Beyond, which I think was the movie they made right after Reanimator. And it's right. also Jeffrey Combs. I believe Barbara Crampton's also in it. And I won't say anything about it. Just sort of speaking of like outliers and wacky slapstick versus like unbelievable weird tension and gore. Like it, it's in a weird it's in a weird valley there. It's a totally weird. fun film. I, I'd recommend that. And. Like th- that would be my top, like Reanimator, uh, Castle Freak, From Beyond, top three Stuart Gordon films would be the ones to, to check out. All mm-hmm. right, cool, uh, awesome. So that's uh, Castle Freak. Just played a trash talk, Charlie. Oh, do you can you announce any other tr- upcoming trash talks or like anything else, like yeah. stuff that's on the radar? <laughs> yeah, let's let's do it. September. I can't believe we're doing this. We're showing Tetsuo the Bullet Man. The okay, sequel the to Tetsuo the Iron Man, which <laughs> is which we were gonna show the first one, but it's only 50 minutes long. There are these experimental Japanese gore films, which is a genre that I was super into in like the early 2000s, but this is sort of a, like a bit earlier that it's a film I've never actually seen. I've seen the original one, and based on that, we decided to just go ahead and take uh, we're gonna do a lot more, I think, foreign films uh, for trash talk this okay. year. Yes. Uh, I think, <laughs> and I don't know if we can necessarily promise this just yet, but if you like 35 millimeter films. And you like French home invasion thrillers that the film Home Alone ripped off. Is it Dial Code, Code Santa Claus? It is Dial Code Santa Claus oh, coming yes. potentially this Christmas. <laughs> so we're, we're in talks now. I don't know if I can confirm that, but we're doing that. But definitely at Suo the Bullet Man, uh, which if you have not seen these movies, they are. Uh, the first movie, just to give everyone like a little like preview, as I understand the movie, there's a car accident. And that makes a guy body horror himself into a car. Like it's... <laughs> It's it's wild, and we're sh- so we're gonna show some like super fucked up things. We're gonna have some more thirty five millimeter classics. Uh, I'm gonna try to get uh, some classic slasher sequels in there as well to kind of shake it out. And I think we'll have much like last year or twenty nineteen with Hard Ticket to Hawaii. We're gonna have a couple of like surprise like boob action movies. Like sure. <laughs> yeah. we're gonna do a couple of things sort of outside our normal purview, and maybe check out some Ozploitation, which I was sort of talking about a little bit earlier too. Nice. But- the, the sky's the limit right now, and there's a lot of great opportunities for cool programming at the Roxy Theater. Um, there's stuff uh, that's not related to Trash Talk coming out that I think is excited. Um, we're doing a deal with our new screen in IFC Midnight to show all of the IFC Midnight films. Ooh, um, nice. Nice. On a monthly that's basis. Cool. So you love horror. It's a, it's a good time, like both philosophically, existentially, and cinematically <laughs> to, to be in Missoula, we'll say. Absolutely. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about Trash Talk. It's an all-encompassing thing it can be whatever it is from month to month like it changes every every month which is great. that's our that's our goal like every month i come out and say trash talk is this and it changes every time because i want to just, you know fit with the movie <laughs> absolutely uh well charlie thank you so much for joining us uh on this podcast i mean this oh, was thank a blast. you so much for having me oh thank you thank you yeah uh so yeah that was castle freak and the camp horror film festival august 26th 27th 28th the pre-party on august 13th for friday the 13th uh with a uh, sleepaway camp dr butcher md comedy s'mores night all this kind of stuff uh, over at the Camp Horror Film Festival, camphorror.org, theroxytheater.org. Did I miss anything? Is there anything else I should throw out there? 
that's good. Let me just throw my personal website in there. Check out charliemccorn.com if you want to keep up with whatever weird shit I'm doing. C-H-A-R-L-E-Y-M-A-C-O-R-N.com. All right. That's actually the next question I was going to ask. Where can we find you online this oh. week? So nailed it. That's perfect. Check that out. And <laughs> for, yeah, and let me plug my podcast. Check out, if you want to hear my voice 30 minutes a week more regularly, I'm the co-host of the show, Tommy Knockin. It's my best friend, Eliza and I, and we discuss Stephen King books one chapter at a time. That is Amazing. awesome. <laughs> one chapter at a time. That's great. One chapter at a time. So how long, how long does like, is it like a year's worth of podcast just to get through like it? Have you done it yet? So we started with Tommy knockers. Okay. That was, makes sense. That's yeah, the and podcast. Then, <laughs> and then we did Dreamcatcher, and now we're working on skeleton crew. One of his books of, uh, so it takes about like, like six months to a year to do, to do a season. And we're, Coming up on the end of season three right now. Okay, yeah, we, we're no stranger to uh, to long form podcasts. Uh, Mike and I also do a podcast uh, called Complete Works, uh, where we t- we take one actor and talk about every movie they've ever made. Oh uh, wow! Our first season was Nicolas Cage, uh, oh, and it goodness. was the worst decision we've ever made in our entire life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Slash the best, but uh, that took us like four years to get through, basically. That's so we, funny. Because we were doing it like every two weeks. Uh, so it, like, it was like, oh, 25 episodes a year. Nicholas Cage is 100 <laughs> movies. Why did we do this? Uh, now yeah. we're doing it weekly and we're moving a lot faster. Uh, but uh, yeah. So anyway, Mike, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd. And if you'd like to donate to support the show, you could do that on our Kofi page which is ko-fi.com slash Mike and Mike pods, plural, because we have two podcasts. Yes, we do. You can find me online at uh, M. Smith Hillbuck on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram. Uh, thanks for listening to Mike Mike Go to the Movies. I'm Mike Smith. That's Mike Decretio, and that's Charlie McCorn. Don't forget to rate and review the show on uh, Apple Podcasts, any other podcast app, and you can find the rest of our podcasts on Rapture Press uh, pot- with a lot of other podcasts about comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. And you can tweet at us at Mike and Mike Pod. Uh, on the next episode, the guys from the Last Year's Horror Podcast are supposed to be joining us to make us watch Frogs, uh, which is a 1972 horror movie starring Ray Milan and Sam Elliott. And based on Charlie's reaction, uh, she's a big fan. I am. I, am. <laughs> I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. Thanks for okay. having me. Thanks. Yeah. Get to that episode. Hey, skip this episode. Go to the next one right now. Go straight to Frogs. <laughs> Go straight to Frogs. Yes. No, no stop. I, uh, I can't wait. Like my, I had never heard of it. Uh, Mike told me that they wanted to watch it. And uh, I looked it up and I saw that it was a movie called Frogs and Sam Elliott was in it. And I was like, I'm in. Like, I don't even <laughs> I don't need to know <laughs> anything else about this movie. Uh, but yeah, that is going to be uh, our, our episode next week. In the meantime, it's Complete Works actually returns to talking about Nicolas Cage this week, speaking of. And uh, we're talking about Pig. It's Pig oh, time, baby. Yes. Uh, which, Charlie, did you watch Pig yet? I did. What'd you think? I loved it. I really yes. loved it. It it's rules. so good. It's un- unreal how good that movie is, like especially at this stage in Nicolas Cage's career. Yeah. But all right. So yeah, we're talking pig this week. This week, And uh, that is the end of this week's episode of Mike Might Go to the Movies. Once again, Charlie, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you on the other side. Yeah.